Look at that. Right on time. Perfect. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> We're on it today. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everybody. Saturday night. So you know what that means. That's another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And we've got a brand new author to introduce you to. Well, she's not brand new, but she's new to you guys. Yes. Trisha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Katie and Jane. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I hear you're also a podcaster too. So we're going to have to talk about that here in a little bit. And Jane, welcome back from your vacation. Yes. <laughs> you uh, were visiting ice castles. Oh my goodness. Ice the castles. pictures were yep, amazing. Yep. yep. <laughs> visiting the ice castles here. And then last weekend, getting my granddaughter christened. So that's why I wasn't here. I kind of popped in at one moment when, when I was in the car. And then, you know, it's New Hampshire, so we lose service every second on the road. I'm like, oh, well, I can't, can't watch the show anymore. We but were yes. talking about a, a new game show that's coming up at the end of the month that uh, oh, Go wow. Indie Now is, is hosting, which cool. should be really fun. I can't wait to see what the guys come up with over there. And next week, we will have an announcement from Go Indie Now. And for those of you who are longtime viewers, you know, Go Indie Now is, is, is basically part of the family or we're part of their family. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be announcing their new seasonal lineup next week. So we'll have some, uh, some fun promo to show you on that. And I don't have anything new to report. I, I'm just glad this week is over. It has been hell week. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just writing like a maniac and, and trying to grow my reader group, which <laughs> you're writing. Kind of That's yeah, good. Writing. I know you said you were having a problem. You were struggling with, with the writing. So you're back yes. at it. Good job. Yes. Yep. Writing the prequel and the second book at the same time. So, hey, you know, <laughs> okay. book one's done. It goes to the editor, editor this month. So that's good. <laughs> All so. right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. That I'm we'll writing, have to talk so. about the whole writing the prequel and the second one because it. Well, I guess yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, it's writing two different timelines though. Yes, and then and I have to pick up from the book, and I've I've already written the end of book two, the beginning and the end. So now I have to marry the two together. <laughs> okay, kind of like our you know hopscotching. We've done that yes, before. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you have to tell us some more about that in a little bit. But Trisha, yes. you're our guest tonight. So let's hear what you write, because I know you kind of hop around the genres, too. I do. I started out writing a series called the Being Me series, and it's a fiction series, but it was based loosely on my experience with anorexia and recovering from anorexia as a young adult. So that was my first series. When I was about 40-ish, I decided, hey, you know, it's a bit cathartic to just experience that again and see the progress I'd made since then in my recovery. So after I wrote that series, I had a lot of support. One of my friends was an editor and a self-published writer as well. And I had a lot of friends who were like, you got to publish it. You got to publish it. You got to publish it. And so I published the first two books and then that led to a four book series. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it did. It does. <laughs> and I loved writing and the author world and the writing world and the reader world so much that I jumped into the fantasy genre because that is my true love as, as a reader. Um, that's my go-to where I go to first. So I jumped into the fantasy genre with the YA urban fantasy series, Kingdom Journals. That 
yeah, that kind of started me off. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to pop in to what those series are about? Yeah, or? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I totally love, Jane, that you're writing the sequel and the second book and the first book sort of like right in the same at the same time. Because when I started my fantasy series, I had an idea where it was going and how it was going to go. And then I wrote book one, two, three. And then I was like, oh, I think these people need to know more about the history. So then I went and did the prequel and then I did book four. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what happened. You know, I wrote book one and I'm like, my male lead needs, needs a prequel. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, it's this story needs to be told. <laughs> yeah, it's smart because your brain is still thinking about all those things before you release them. And then you can make sure you have all those tidbits in the first book that needs to be there for the second and third and fourth book. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Joe oh, says he's on. got too much of a TBR file. Don't we all? I mean, oh, yeah. come on. If you're, yeah. If you're a reader of any kind, you're always going to have more books available than you can possibly read. And oh. picking and choosing which one you finally get to is kind of a, a hard decision, really. There's so many you want to you want to jump on right then and there, but you can't. You have to pick one. Yep. And I'm totally picky, especially, you know, be, being um, a, a senior editor on, you know, Allegory Ezine, I you have to grab me <laughs> the first page. Otherwise... I will be lost and be like, you know, I don't have time for this. So <laughs> it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. It's, it's hard to read like for that. pleasure when you're an yes. editor. Yeah. Yeah. You're like always like trained to look for the, what needs fixing. And it takes away from that escapism that you're supposed to enjoy from the reading. I want the escapism. That's what I want. I want somebody to grab me and pull me through the book and, me not notice the errors. And, the, you know, I've read, I mean, even my favorite authors, um, you know, have some errors in their books. <laughs> you know, they're, we're all human. It's going to happen. You know, it, well, it happens in traditional books too. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like, oh, you know, but for the most part, if the story is good, you've got me. If you're slow to start or you're, you know, scatterbrained, because, <laughs> there are <laughs> um, you you lose me and if you don't dig deeper and get me emotionally tied to the characters you lose me so those are the key things <laughs> my uh, I think but, mine is is if I cannot suspend disbelief if you have made an error that's that's so unbelievably unresearched that I can yeah. tell even a, you know without knowing the topic then you've lost me mm -hmm. And, yeah. and a lot of that is what I end up doing in my own editing work is correcting these mistakes I see from other authors and going, no, you have to do your research. I don't care mm -hmm. if it's fantasy. It has to be believable. And if you're basing mm -hmm. it in a real world place, you better know that real world place. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And Trisha, you, you know, you, you, you writing those, those fantasy books after writing something, you know, similar to, to real life, that jump had to have been, was it difficult? It took a little while. So I will tell you, the first paranormal uh, book that I published was Drops of Sunshine. And yeah. I did it for an anthology because I wanted to write a fantasy book, but I didn't know how to make the jump. And the first 
draft I gave to my editor, she was like, this is not paranormal enough. You have to <laughs> more to this. Yeah. It's based in a summer camp and a 16 year old girl goes to the summer camp and it's a camp for the sight impaired. Yeah. And one of her campers says, oh, your brother thinks this. And she was like, what? <laughs> like, how do you know my brother? And so, and the campers just dropped these little things. And my editor was like, okay, this is not enough. It can't, you know, like the first round was not enough. So I kept infusing more and more little tidbits in there mm -hmm. about her campers and then about her background and got it to the point that it was enough paranormal <laughs> to her standards. Um, it ends up that these campers have this special sixth sensibility of hearing people's thoughts. And this Ooh. is like a, a, just a really clicky community of people that don't let the secret outside. And these campers come every summer to be with each other um, <clears throat> together. And the girl, the girl ends up having some healing in there too. I always have a little bit of healing and also a little, a little love story in all my books. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. I have to ask because of of all the superpowers that you could possibly have, would you ever want to be able to read people's thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am way too in my head about what people think about me as it is to actually know what they and maybe it would be better. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but it's funny because I'm again writing right now. I'm writing a short story with an artist and he's going to illustrate it. So we came up with a story together, but again, I'm writing another character who can read people's minds. I'm like, this is a recurring theme in my story. <laughs> well, I, I have I have a whole family that can do that <laughs> in mine. And they know how to create static too, so that others in the family can't read. Yeah, you mind. need that. You need that yeah. ability. Yep, yep. <laughs> but oh. yeah, I, I, I had uh, somebody transfer their powers to another person from touch. And then he, you know, for somebody who, who couldn't, had no powers at all to all of a sudden being able to hear people and didn't know how to shut it off. <laughs> it's like, why is it so loud in here? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yeah. You know, you, you know, even with the abilities, you gotta give them challenges <laughs> to deal with it, <laughs> to shut it off or to, you know, to make sure others don't get in there. <laughs> It always sounds like a great idea to be able to read people's thoughts. And then the reality of it, if you could, it's like, oh, I'm hearing stuff I don't need to hear. No, 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 no. <laughs> Joe says, I don't even want to hear my own thoughts. Yeah. Oh, just thinking about somebody else hearing my thoughts because there's a million things always going on. Oh, no. No, that would not be good. <laughs> Well, now I'm realizing, too, my fairy stories have that as well. I have a Realm Chronicle series that's about fairies. And I actually thought, oh, well, on Earth, my fairies can hear people's thoughts. And then I thought, well, that would be really bad if they hear each other's thoughts all the time. There's not going to yeah, it would just be bad. So yep. in their realm, which I call Middle Earth is the Fae realm, I have them so they don't have those powers. But when they come to our human realm, which is the plane above the fey realm then they have those powers and they're extra strong and they're extra fast and they can phase into anything um, and and i think i've been thinking it's because there's less gravity on our realm than there is in middle earth because it's closer to the center of the world so that's i haven't had to explain that yet but i've been thinking that's my explanation if I, somebody calls me out <laughs> 
Well, and that's important Ooh. whenever you have a magic system in writing is to make sure that you know the rules. So one, you don't break the rules, but two, you can explain it if anyone ever questions you on it. Yeah. Right. And exactly. that's the good thing about writing books yeah. all at the same time before you release them too. So you don't, you make sure you don't break a rule or make a rule that you need undone. <laughs> and sometimes those rules, if you're, if you're writing linearly, you get to like the third or fourth book and then you realize you're getting stuck by the rule that you made. It creates mm -hmm. a, a really fun problem to try and fix because the rule is very much established and you can't, yeah. you cannot break it whatsoever. Yep. So you have to come up with new and inventive ways to work around it. Yeah. I mean, when I was writing the first book, I kind of had to go back and say, okay, what were the rules that I made for this, this, you know, this character, this world and this stuff. And what kind of rules does she break because of the the um, combination of things she is? Because she's a hybrid. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what can she break? How can she break it? But what are her limits? Because you can't make, you know, I mean, you have Superman. Superman had kryptonite. You have to have that. <laughs> you know, you can't make them, you know, infallible. <laughs> that, yeah, that's so. one of the things that, that the comic book characters get a lot of flack for is because they're too overpowered. Yeah, you've got to have the rules, but you also have to have the thing that's going to be their kryptonite in order mm -hmm. to have a character that feels at least somewhat balanced. Yes. Yep. And that could be love. It could be their love interest that 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 is their kryptonite. <laughs> and and you, what do you villains usually go after? They go after yes. the, the love interest. Yep. There's the pressure <laughs> point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, but I do like writing in fantasy. That that's my favorite yes. genre to play in. So I'm I'm right there with you. Now you've got fantasy, but you've also got did, was it dystopian as well, or was it sci-fi? Uh, yes, it's a, it's a dystopian with a little bit of sci-fi. Very little sci-fi. It's mostly a dystopian story. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about that one. Yeah. So that one is called Lovelock Ones, and here's the Ooh. cover. Ooh, I wrote that, and I had to look it up. I have a sale on that this week, actually, for 99 cents. Oh, how great. Um, yeah, so that ebook is 99 cents on Amazon right now. But I wrote that back, in, I had to look it up. I wrote it back in 2018. I released the whole thing in 2018. It also started as part of an anthology. I was pushed to write a story about healing, and my background is in biotech and microbial genetics. So I came at it from that standpoint writing about a viral pandemic that meets the earth. Um, yeah. So that happened. I released that in 2018. And then when 2020 hit, my friends were like, this is totally freaky. Because in my book, I even blame it on the Chinese. So <laughs> you know, like in the very beginning, when all that hysteria was everywhere, um, yeah. my, my friends were like, you are really eerie and you freaked me out. <laughs> so that didn't go so well in 2020. I did write, I did publish the follow-up in 2020, but really it's not about the pandemic and the flu strain. Um, mm -hmm. These characters, they're teenage characters and they're shipped to the desert by their parents because they're trying to evade this pandemic. And they discover that um, the main character's younger sister gets the, the virus so as a big sister she's like i gotta fix this i gotta find the cure for my sister so she goes against the whole she's in this community that's trying to find the cure but they can't get it fast enough so she risks 
everything. She risks exposing the community and, of course, to get the cure for her sister. But then she has a friend to help her, who is Troy, who is the other Lovelock one. Um, and you find out some interesting, he finds out some interesting things about himself and his genetic makeup and why he is like so amazing the way he, he has like extrasensory powers as well. He's a little bit stronger than most people. And you find out some interesting ideas about that. But then this whole group who's trying to find the cure and then decides that, well, we have the cure and we're not going to share it. So that becomes Ooh. a major issue in the plot line as well. Ooh course awesome yes <laughs> well, I, I wrote about the pandemic too but it just turned into dragons and blasters and <laughs> but that was after the pandemic started yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know those uh, 2020 was really hard writing at yes. least for me a lot of people I did find were able to, you know, use that time at home. For me, it was really hard to, writing. I, I went into a lot more editing that year because I just, I couldn't tap into any creativity. 2021. I I, in, from March or from from the beginning when we were home, probably until for a, a good quarter, which for me is a lot. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't either in 2020. And then I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I have to, I have to write because otherwise I will go batch and crazy I'm not saying that i'm not already there <laughs> but but i you know and then i started writing so how about you trisha were you able to to tap into your creativity in 2020 no yeah i was writing and publishing three books a year before that and in 2020 i landscaped my yard <laughs> and then by the end of the year i was the same as you jane i was like I have to start again. I have to do this. And yes. I made myself do it. And that's when I published my first Bay story. It was a hundred is my longest story too. It turned out to be 110,000 words. Oh, that's wow. a pretty good size book. That's a, good, that's a yeah. good size book. So it turned out really good. And I was really proud of that book, but it took, yeah, I didn't start writing until I think September of that year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't release till the next April. Yeah. It took, a, it took a long time. Now, what's what's your writing routine like? Because I know a lot of us, we have like our, our almost ritual on how we write. And some of us just kind of sit down and write. Yeah. I find it works for me if I write every day. It works best because then I keep it fresh in my head. And then I'm used, even when I, if I'm do I have a day job as well. But if even if I'm doing other tasks or I'm taking a shower or I'm cleaning my carpet or I'm cooking my food, I'm always thinking about that story and I'm progressing it forward even when my hands aren't on the keyboard. So by the time I sit down and type, I have what's coming next. Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of stops that. Stops that. I, I now hardly ever get what I say would be writer's block because maybe I'll, you know, write for an hour at night or for a half hour in the morning when I first wake up. And then throughout the day, I'm thinking of the next thing I'm going to write. So when I sit down, I know what it is. So that usually works best for me. And if I do those challenges like NaNoWriMo or the April, I think it's the camp one or July one. So those work really well for me. And I'm really set by deadlines. Like I set my own deadline and then I work towards it. And, you know, I, my editor. So I know, okay, I have this data to turn it into my editor. So it's going to get done by then. That's she's a lot like me in that way. <laughs> Cause I set my editors and, you know, the blocks of time and things like that ahead of time too, throughout the year, mm. you know, cause I, I do it all year. And then I'm like, Oh, if I want to write more books, I got to get you know more dates. You know? <laughs> you know? I can't do that. 
I guess in a way I am kind of held to that just because the the client work that I do, but for my own work, I've never been able to hold myself to a a specific deadline. But like you, before 2020, I was publishing three a year. Yeah, except for when we're writing together. Yeah, well, that's different. That that kind of falls into the same category as like the client work that I, I write for. I know that there is a hard deadline I cannot miss, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm rather than disappoint someone or you know fail to to deliver, I got to get it done. Whereas for mm-hmm. myself, it's like I'm at the whim of my creativity, which is pretty much gone as of 2020 for my own stuff because mm-hmm. I haven't published anything fantasy wise since. 2019 i think so i think yeah when when did ours come out at the end of 2020 ours no, came out at the, at the end, end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 the beginning of 2019 yes through through 2020 and then i think i finished book three or book four for the agents of asset series in 2019 mm-hmm. and then the only thing i've published since has been the writing guide but that's mm-hmm. nonfiction. That's different. And most of that was already done because I, I basically used a compilation of 10 years worth of blog posting and classes that I've taught in order to make the book. So it wasn't as mm-hmm. creative writing as the other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I envy you guys who are still creatively writing. Well, sometimes I'll write two words. <laughs> But I sit down to write. <laughs> there are those days, yes. Sometimes yes. I write 2,000 words, <laughs> which is good. And, and but, sometimes 2,000 words can feel like two words. Like you just, yeah. they come out, yep. it's done, no problem. And yep. sometimes 2,000 words feels like an entire novel because it just, mm-hmm. it's a struggle for it's, each, it's every word to get teeth. it out. It's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And even though we give the advice all the time of, you know, shut the internal editor off and just write. It's really hard to do that. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back on to fun topics. So we've got your fantasy, we've got your nonfiction, we've got your uh, sci fi. What else are you creating? Well, right now I'm writing, well, right now I'm writing that short story with the artist I told you about, which is turning out to be really cool. It's set in the Aztec empire with a girl who is marked and some believe that she's marked um, by a demon, but um, she has a shaman that takes her under his wing and helps her develop her powers. I'm not going to say more because I don't want to give away too more, but I'm like Mm -hmm. totally immersed in Aztec culture. Like I'm looking up what is the Aztec word for this and how did they name their children and what did they eat? What did, where did they live? What did their shamans believe? What were the, their gods system? And so it's going to be a fiction story, but based a little bit on history. So that's, oh, I love that. Fun to do all that oh, research. Yeah. Oh, the research is oh, like yeah. half the fun. I, I love diving into the research in books and that sounds like a really juicy topic to research on. It, there's so much knowledge. I found this one website and it's made for kids, but it's like so easy to read and it's teaching me everything I need to know. Yeah. Like what games did they play? Did they have dolls? Did they, you know, so mm-hmm. and they had latrines. Like even like in BC, they had latrines in that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. I like that yeah. you're looking at a kid's site too, because I always tell people, explain it to me like a five-year-old. And yep. <laughs> seriously, just dumb it down for me so I can understand it. And, and I will get more out of it than trying to, you know, research things that are way above my head. 
Well, and for whatever reason, this site has more information than any other site that I have looked on. So they have awesome. everything cataloged by all these all the cat categories. And yeah, it's oh, amazing. nice, nice. Yeah, I've got to find that for for pre Mayan history <laughs> or Mayan history, and then go pre that for the for the um, prequel to the Dragon Books. <laughs> so I'll send you the link because they may have absolutely. other. It's a Mexican site. And I think which, it's which, the yeah. University of Mex Mexico or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Send me the site. Cool. Very cool. But you talk about research. One thing when I wrote my fairy stories, I did no research. <laughs> and then after I published it, I got so scared because people kept saying, oh, my fae don't have wings. I'm like, what? Your fae don't have wings? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, my fairies have wings. <laughs> they're like, um, my fairies are harmed by iron. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Mine are not. Like, I didn't follow any of the, like, the rules that people were following, but nobody got mad at me. So that's good. So far, so good. <laughs> when it comes to fantasy, you're allowed to create your own creatures. Yes. 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 As, as long are. as you're not calling them, you know, specifically what, you know, we've got in mythology or history, then, mm. yeah. And, and Faye is such a broad term. It oh, is. It is. <laughs> well, you look at um, Laura have Laura Thassala. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, I always fuck that name up. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> but you look at her Rhapsodic, you know, and, and the Bargainer series and all that, and her Fae have wings. Oh. Well, you know, and now I've talked to so, several authors who say, do you have wings? And I'm mm -hmm. trying to actually talk to one of these authors who Faye doesn't have wings, but they're supposed to live in a plane above the human realm. So they're, they're different fae than mine, and they live above the human realm. I'm like, we have to write something together so that these fae come together, right? <laughs> I have to still convince her, but I'm working. <laughs> Writing yeah. collaborations can be definitely fun. Yes. We had fun with our, uh, our um, Running, Running from the from Devil the series. Because <laughs> we combined the the fae, we combined the um angels and devils we i mean we combined mm -hmm. so many elements into that series and it was just so much fun oh it was and we had some of the rules from my my <laughs> ryan chronicle series because some people <laughs> yes <laughs> that's like oh I'm, I'm always embarrassed when i try to say her name because i never say it right i always think that there's <laughs> there's yep. an s in the middle and the l's are at the end yeah, maybe I'm a little dyslexic. Who knows? <laughs> we but, all have that one word. But yeah, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, you were talking about the Ryan Chronicles. Yeah, well, our books, yep. you know, they, they sort of showed up at the end. But... <laughs> well, well, you always managed to like weave your stories together so that, mm -hmm. you know, you've got what, 60 books or, or more? 61 books, yes. Yeah, and, and they all tend to have some linking element to them that, that kind of... Right, which was, which, was, which was very tough with the, the Dragon Chronicles because I did not have any references to anything that, that came before. So that was its own world. It was separate from everything else. Even, even you know, this new one, um the shades of night series it it gives homage to um my my wolf book um wolf moon okay you know um which the, the 
I haven't written two and three on that one, but you know, it, it does point that out at some point. <laughs> I'm like, okay, if I if I connect that, at least that world will be connected. <laughs> I, I like how you've been able to connect most of them. I think that gives your readers something to follow too. Yes. And I do have on my website, I do have a page that has the Ryan timeline. And it starts it, and it lists all the books in order of their timeline. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah. <laughs> and that's that's my biggest thread. That goes through it. I'll have Steve to go check that out. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> so, yes. Now, Trisha, like do you do something similar to that? Do you link any of your your series? Yeah. So, my first fantasy series, the Kingdom Journal series, is about well, it was supposed to be a vampire series because vampires are my favorite fantasy characters, but somehow it morphed into a witch series because yeah. the so it's called Kingdom Journals because each one is written through the eyes of a different character. And the first character is a hybrid witch vampire character. And I think that's why it became more of a witch series because there's a curse on the witch lines that she has to figure out. And she pairs them with the other witch to try to figure this out. And then they discover there are these special witches that can maybe break the curse. And then they have to go find the third witch of the Trinity to further that goal, I guess. Yeah. So there's four books in that series, one one for each of the three witches, and then one that got taken away by, by one of the other characters who's a herald to these this trinity of witches. Mm -hmm. So four books in the Kingdom Journal series and one prequel that was actually my vampire book. So I finally wrote an all-vampire book because it's about one of the witches' mother, well, Alina, who is the vampire witch hybrid. Her mother is a vampire. So it's about her mother's history and how she came to be. Because my vampires um, are born and they're just uh, differentiated people, I guess. Um, so okay. for my genetics background, they have found that out. And it's, but it's set in contemporary urban fantasy. But people don't know about the witches or the vampires for the most part, hopefully. So they don't come up after. I also consider us because I kind of consider myself one. But to jump ahead, yes, how I link that series to get to your question is that I wrote a, a Fay short story for an anthology, and that's how I got started on my Fay series. And then I put that Fay in the last in the finale of the Kingdom Journal series. So she comes to help the witches um, against an evil witch, and then. So I'm linking those two, um, the Kingdom Journals and the Realms Chronicles. So the first two books, the witches haven't appeared very much. They appear a little bit because the finale to the Kingdom Journals and the first book of the Realm Chronicles series sort of happen at the same time. So we have a crossover in those. In the second book, we don't see much of the witches. We only see a little bit. But they end up fighting this, this same foe that's from the original first start of the Kingdom Journal series. So it's really fun to weave those in. And I think my readers like it a lot too, but, but I can't let go of my characters. And that's really the reason why I announced because I miss them too much. Once I stop writing a series, I, yeah, I don't, well, I don't want to stop. Yeah. So. I miss my characters too. That's why I have so I'm many. Going. Yeah. 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 I've written vampires twice. The first time when they bite humans, it's like a poison. 
the second time they they're more traditional vampires they you know they can't be in the light in both books but the, in this one the vampires feed until the person dies there's no donors there's no you know things like that so that's why they're hunted <laughs> all right you got to make them real killers yes yep yep and my and my shifters are good my shifters i've always written ones. from the angle that the monsters are less monstrous than humans so a lot of yeah, times in my yep. books the uh <laughs> it's the humans that are the bad guys <laughs> In, in in yeah in this one I think it's more more that way yeah because the monster defense agency that they work for in the in the new book is not exactly um, without corruption <laughs> so <laughs> so it's kind of fun yeah I like I like playing with the reverse angle on that I yes. like you know yep. because everything that has been written so far everybody's seen everybody's used to seeing the monsters portrayed in certain ways. So when you can flip the script just a little bit, it, it mm -hmm. gives you that that special thing that readers can remember you by, you know. And I always mm -hmm. I always go back to like the Twilight series. We can laugh about the Twilight series all we want, but we remember that those were sparkly vampires. Yes, <laughs> something exactly. different. Yes, and that is memorable. Yes. That's what sticks in a reader's mind is that little yep. bit of difference you can give them. Mm -hmm. I like the genetic oh, yeah. angle you're talking about. That that reminds oh, yeah. me of the um, the discovery of witches. What is that series called? Yes, that is like on my TBR. It has been on my TBR for years, and I've just never gotten there. But I've heard it so good. I, yeah, I don't know the name of the series either, but yeah, they they play off the genetic angle, and their their creatures are slightly different than what you expect. You know, they have the vampires that basically look like normal people, mm -hmm. um, don't have the fangs and all that, and and there's that genetic component to what's happening with them and why their species are in decline. And, and that, again, becomes a, an interesting point that makes you go, oh, I need to learn more. Mm -hmm. And for me, it kind of makes it more real, too. Like, it it pulls me in and makes me think, oh, vampires really could be real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and a side funny note to that, I've never been afraid of creatures. Like growing up, I always loved vampires, werewolves, witches, all those creatures, because in my mind, they weren't real. They were fiction and I can differentiate the two. And, you know, I, I enjoyed that fantasy realm. Zombies, on the other hand, scared the crap out of me <laughs> because they had, there was something in my mind going, they could be real. Something could happen and we could have zombies. And so zombies have always freaked me out, but nothing else in the creature realm has ever freaked me out. So, so when I finally get to that zombie series, you're not going to read it. <laughs> Sorry, Jane. <laughs> well, well, I've got, I've got a neighbor at the, at our beach place that is, is, has read the short story that I did for the prequel of that. And she's like, when's the series coming out? Seriously. When is the series coming out? And I'm like, uh, not this year. <laughs> it, it might be. I might. I might dabble into the horror side later in the year. But <laughs> how nice is it when you have readers tell you, "Oh, I want to know when the next book is coming out." Doesn't that just like really fill you up? You're like, "Oh, I can't wait to write this now to make you read this." Well, except when you live with them. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> My mother-in-law going, "When's the next dragon book going to come out?" You left it open. <laughs> This series is more spicy. It's not like that one, but if she wants to read it, she can. 
Wait, wait, spicy zombies? No, <laughs> no, no, the wicked, the, the shades of night. Oh, okay, okay. Has, has, has more spice in it. <laughs> well, the third book of the Dragon Trilogy had some spice in it too. <laughs> Fair enough. But, but, um, but yeah, no, this has a little bit more edge to that. Okay. So. Yeah, you'll just have to make your mother-in-law your beta reader. This should get some first. No. She, no. I don't think she'd be no no, <laughs> no. For the dra dragon one or whatever one she wants <laughs> I know I know I've got to do that pre Mayan one because that that one I have the idea it just has to bake a little longer <laughs> I have to have more dreams about it and and you know and then sort of fully form it I have the idea but I just don't have the true arc of the story series <laughs> Anita says it's so hard to keep track of Jane's series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just I, a little bit. I put out, what, six books a year? Do I Four have your banner? Short it's amazing. Oh, I banner. No, I don't have your banner with all your books listed. Oh, the one that, oh, hold on. I, I was going to put it up on screen and just brag about yeah. you a little bit with all of your millions of books. Yeah, let me go there. Hold on. I think I can find it. Let me find it. In names and banners. Well, while she's doing oh, that, yep. how about you, Trisha? How do you feel on zombies? <clears throat> I'm not a fan of zombies either. I have to say, yeah, I didn't watch the Living Dead series. I, yeah, I, I don't like zombies as much as the other characters. I did like I Zombie on CW. I don't know if you saw I Zombie. I did. I did. That one was an interesting twist. Yes, and Joe Michaels has a book titled the same. Thing, I Zombie that she wrote before that series came out that was a good one too but it was a YA so it wasn't but and I think the zombies were caused by a virus or something like that so they were well I don't want to tell you what happens in the end <laughs> yeah see for me it was it always was, it was a happily ever after so oh good good I, happy endings are okay I, I, I even was okay with warm bodies I, I did watch that oh, I like that one um, and I thought that was a Again, interesting take. It was memorable. Mm -hmm. But anything that's like a little bit gritty or where zombies are, are concerned, I cannot watch because in my mind, there is that element of realism. <laughs> something could trigger, you know, like a, a rabies style virus could cause humanity to go berserk. And that freaks and me I'm out. And I'm sharing the written, which doesn't include what I've written this year. Can you zoom in on that? Um, I maybe and then go, yeah, wow, and then oh, <sighs> our books aren't here too. Yeah, I see I that. have one, two, three, four more books that I've already, or, or two more books that I've already written, and two that are halfway done. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and oh, we got another eye zombie was fun, Anita says. Well, I liked I liked Zombieland. Okay, okay. Zombieland was that, okay. That one, that one was really good. I liked yeah. that. One. You, uh, the, second, you watch... the second movie was too good too. I don't. Yeah. The second two. one. That's what I was about to ask. Did you see the second one as well? Yeah. Yeah, they were both good. I mean, I haven't seen the second who, one. Who doesn't like Woody Harrelson? He's always good. So. Yeah. 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 But again, those were the more fun kind of takes on them. They weren't as horrible. I couldn't watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, or oh, the Fear of the Walking Dead, or you know any of the other just really bad zombie yeah. books or zombie yeah. movies. 
So Young oh, yeah. is the prequel. Wicked Heart's already done, and Crooked Soul is the second book in the series. So, yeah. So I don't think I've seen that prequel book cover. You show me the other yeah. ones. Yeah, wow. no, I got that. Yep. <laughs> yes. So this is what I'm working on until like September. Okay. And then I'll have the rest of the year to do other stuff. And then at some point, our project. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I also, I also wrote Bill this year. So that one's all done too. The craziest. The, I don't think I've seen that. Bill? No, no. That's Anita says, or, fairy tale. Oh, okay. Anita says the craziest made with Emily Oliphant. Oh. I don't think I've seen I that one. Know. I haven't okay. seen that one. Is it scary, Anita? Because if it's super scary zombies, I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is because, you know, Anita's like me. <laughs> I can do any other creature. Any other creature is fine. Just not zombies. <laughs> no, I, I watched The Walking Dead for many years and then just got tired of the repetitiveness. They didn't, they, you know, and I, and I know it's ending. Um, and a part of me is like, oh, just go watch it. Yeah, she says kind of scary. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll take y'all's yeah. word on it. No. Well, you no, know, I, I have that, that crazy, um, well, as authors, you probably all have the same thing. The mm -hmm. overactive imagination. And mm -hmm. so when you see something that terrifies you, and then it's the dark of night, and it's quiet, and something moves, there's a noise you don't expect, and your mind won't shut off, and that's all you can think of. Just aim for the head. <laughs> that's, all that's all you have to remember just aim for the head i already sleep with a, a sword next to me yes just aim for the head right through the eyeball right? okay problem is exactly. i also have kids who also like to do that creep into your bedroom and stare at you until you wake up thing tell them not to <laughs> I kid you not, my boy child, yeah. who is 10 years old, still crawls into bed. Yeah. And this whole week, he has been like light clockwork, 2 a.m. Huh. Comes into bed and just, mm -hmm. like, come on, just lay down, just lay down, just you sleep. Just, just shush and go to sleep yeah. so I can sleep. <laughs> okay, love you too. No more nightmares, night night. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can't, you know, just, I can't aim for the head if I get woken up by little, yeah, little children that's, that's staring true. at me that's true yeah my daughter came to my room one time she had her like hood up and my dog sleeps in our bedroom he i mean she, my dog like jumps up on my bed starts bark 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 barking at her and i didn't know it was her even like i i was like my heart was pounding i thought it was a robber i really did and then she was like mom and i was like you oh guys <laughs> <laughs> because my dog was even freaking out so yeah, my, my husband, when he was taking karate, he he kicked my dog in the head once because the dog came to the side of the bed and in his sleep, he sort of woke up and just whack. And I'm like, you can't do that to the children. Oh, that's terrible. I can yes. see it happening, though. I can't totally yep, see yep. it happening. <laughs> I, I have thrown a punch in my sleep before. I don't wake up very, very easily. And and 
my daughter, my oldest daughter, she goes to school right before I wake up to get ready to mm -hmm. get my little ones ready. And even she has learned to tap my foot and back off <laughs> if I oversleep my alarm because I will sleep straight through it. <laughs> because That's I have funny. accidentally thrown a punch when somebody tried to wake me up. Because <laughs> you're fighting the world in your dreams. <laughs> Just like all of us do. <laughs> My, my dad, I don't know if he's watching, so he's going to laugh at this. He has a CPAP, which is that thing, you know, with the hose. And he's, it, when he first had it, he woke up struggling because he was fighting himself because he was fighting something in a dream. <laughs> he's gotten used to it now, but, you know, he's, he's got a very active imagination, too. <laughs> so I guess that's where I get it. Yep. And that's oh, why I can't I, can't watch horrors, you know, especially things that really truly freak me out. Like you know, horror movies in general, okay, but if it's something that truly freaks me out, the overactive yeah. imagination will do me in. Do you guys remember your dreams? Not most of them. No. If I wake up, I do, but otherwise, no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Then I'm the only weird one here. <laughs> Do you write them down like a dream? No, no, I can remember them days later because they're so oh. bizarre. I wake up and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I wish I could do oh, yeah. that. I, I wake oh, yeah. up with a sense of knowing I had a really cool dream, but by the time my eyes are open, it's gone. Yeah, I, I don't feel the, the stress I felt in the dream, but I can remember all the stuff and I'm like, where is this coming from? If people analyze my dreams, they probably would put me in a padded room. <laughs> but, you know, and I told my husband, and he's just looking at me like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. That's pretty just, cool. Just I'm envious. Really bizarre I dreams. Remember it. <laughs> like, okay, that wasn't really book related, but I could use it for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, I know a lot of authors say that the dreams are what inspire their stories. Yeah. You know, I've done that before, too. So, you know, I, I, my most fearful things were, were put into the Steve Williams series and, and the survival game series. You know, those, those situations and horrible things that happened were nightmares, you know. <laughs> so... <clears throat> your mind is always feeding you inspiration even when you're sleeping yep that's pretty good yeah yeah all right i have to write <laughs> of, of the inspiration in writing because we always have to figure this out are you a plotter or a pantser trisha i am more i'm sort of in the middle because i will have a story arc and i'll know where i want to go and i know a couple of major points along the way but i don't know like each like like I'm like Jane said, she's got, I've got the beginning written, I've got the ending written, and then it's the middle I have to fill in. I have to figure out like, what are the highs and lows of the middle? Um, so that's the, but it's the creative part of writing is what's fun for me. Like if I knew every step of the way, I would be bored in my writing. So I have, I have an outline that I had to do for a class and it's, it, it should be a really good book, but I have, no incentive to write it <laughs> because it's all outlined and I had to do the outline if it, you know like like with the death chronicles my son did the outline 
and then I followed it. And but I could still be creative because I didn't do the outline. I just had to follow and and then ask them questions when it deviated. <laughs> so so it's like I'm like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm most creative when I'm under a deadline. Like the third book in my Kingdom Journal series, it's the one where the Herald, it's he's the major feature character and he's telling his story and he has to get from Italy to the United States. And I was like, well, it just can't just be he gets there. Like he can't just hop on a plane and get there. It can't be that easy that he right. gets from these evil witches. And then I was thinking, well, they branded him. And in some way, this brand is going to tie him to them, but he has to get so he's tied. He can only go so far away from this evil clan of witches. So how does he get unbranded and what does that look like? So I was taking a shower and I'm thinking, okay, well, it's a brand on his wrist and somehow it's connected to his heart or his soul. And what does it look like when they try to disconnect it? So then I thought, well, they're going to put these um, iron metal things on the brand on the tattoo. And when the witch, who's like this very special witch, like the only one in the world that could do this, is going to pull these strands that are around his heart and she's going to have to wind these strands and they're like brilliant blue glowing strands and she has to unwind them like little by little if you can imagine like thinking of the pain of like these strands being tied around your heart and pulled through your arm through your wrist so i came up with that in like a 20 minute shower oh yeah shower thoughts man those are the best yeah like i have no idea where that came from but it's one of my favorite (laughs) that i haven't seen anywhere else so yeah yeah that's very creative that is awesome i love that the arm off (laughs) (laughs) there you go i never even thought of popping the arm off we did something similar in in the asset series because of the um without giving away too much the uh the weapon of magical destruction Uh, tying itself to the main character similar thing can't just get rid of it you have to come up with a a legitimate way to remove it without killing the host Mm -hmm. right exactly so i love that and (laughs) and shower thoughts man that is when you get the best ideas yeah every time and you can't your other senses are dialed down or something maybe yeah maybe you know i i get my best thoughts when I'm, you know, walking the beach up in Maine. You know, when I was when I was walking with my headset, I don't do it very often anymore because we walk together. So but my mind is still turning in the background. It's always turning. (laughs) That's that's one of the, I guess, chaotic effects of being a writer is your mind is always, always going, whether you're at the day job or, or, you know, with the family or in the shower or sleeping, your mind is always going. Yeah, I think problem really, solving. Yeah, I still mm-hmm. want to write with somebody because I've talked to so many authors who co-wrote, and I think you really get inspiration from each other, and that can keep you like going, and it brings like those new elements that you wouldn't have thought of, and those twists and turns. I think that's really. It cool. can definitely be fun, but it's it's think of it like a marriage, though. Yes. You both got to be willing to give in certain areas. You both have to be willing to see each other's sides. Your mm-hmm. thoughts about the story have to be on the same page. So that way there's less conflict between you guys. But oh, if yeah. it meshes well, it can work really, really well. I loved writing with Katie. Yeah, I point the right <laughs> yeah. way. <There> <laughs> same. We had a great time. We, but yeah. we also 
we've known each other for so long. Our writing styles are very similar. Yes. Um, My husband couldn't tell when he read the yes, books. Yes. And he could not tell who wrote what. That's very cool. And he said that. He said, I'm very impressed. You guys did good. so well. I could <laughs> not tell. You know, he goes, he goes, and then he asked me one of the phrases. And I said, well, I think that was me, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I was like, I think that was me. <laughs> <laughs> we did really good with that and we had yeah. fun with it too yes but yes. again we were on the same page like from day one yeah. and if there was something that either one of us was either confused on or um didn't know how to go forward with the other one seemed to always have the answer yep the gap yeah we, we were able to fill each other gaps like i don't know where i'm going from here i got to hear you know, she would write scenes and then I would do the jumps or I would write scene and she would do the jumps. So it just worked out. And as, as I had an opportunity to write with somebody else, but I took a look at her writing and there was no way we could really mesh, which, which, you know, if we were doing alternate characters and alternate chapters, maybe, but you know, I've read a lot of Katie's stuff. I was, I was, you know, one of her early beta readers too, you know, and, and vice versa. So we kind of know our styles and we know and our styles. We've used each other's springboards for, you know, a lot of times when we right. get stuck on our own stories, mm -hmm. Jane will get an email from me at like two or three in the morning. Yes. Which is luckily <laughs> five or six in the morning, your time. So yes. it works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Help, I can't figure this out. <laughs> And usually I'm like, okay, you know, one eye open in the bed going, okay, I have no idea what I'm writing because I can't see it. <laughs> I just had this dream and you can borrow it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the sounding board aspect is so, so yes. good, especially, you know, when you do get stuck on something, because sometimes we're too close to the story to see the mm -hmm. other sides and the different angles that we can approach from. And, and if you've got somebody that you can trust that you can go to, they'll see that different perspective that you can't see and, and make it a little bit easier for you to find your path, especially if yeah. you are a pantser, which I think most of us are. And we kind of just go, hey, this is a great idea. I know we're getting to this point, but I don't know how. Yep. <laughs> and on the other side of it, with the client work that I do, it's all based off of outlines. So I, I, I feel constricted having to live within those outlines. And of course, mm -hmm. I can't 100% adhere to them. So I'm always adding extra stuff and mm -hmm. tweaking it and then having to give long-winded explanations to them as to why I tweaked it and make sure that I sell them on the idea that this was yes. the better path to go on. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need the creative side. I cannot just go straight with what you said. <laughs> so what's next, Trish? What's next? So I mentioned writing or co not not really co-writing like the artist and he's illustrating the story, but he's we came up with a story together, too. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out a little bit. Like if you'll be OK with the story that I create so far, he's been OK with all my plot points. So hopefully he will like the, the style as well. But he's read some of my stuff, so I don't think it will be bad. And we've. Actually, we've never met in live in person, so that's the next time I do <laughs> that collaboration. But I'm really excited about that story because it'll be my first hardcover book, and I think that'll oh, nice. be really neat to have an illustrated hardcover book. The next 
major novel. Oh, I do have a romance novel coming out in May. My brain is like not even thinking about romance. So I did create a new, I just created a new pen name for my romance series. So that will be spun off and Maria Jane is the pen name for that. And it's in the same perfect romance series that my Trisha Copeland was writing under, but it's one of her, the main character's friends. So she, where I'm branching out to the character's friends so we see their, their romance and love life, which is, I love writing that um, young, not, it's not young adult, it's new adult romance, but it's not the risque um, erotic one. Like, fade to black still, but fun, and I love those. So that's coming out in May, and then I will, after I finish this Aztec story, I'll start writing my next Bay novel, which is the third in the Realm Chronicle series. Cool. Already cool. got a couple of points. Like, I woke up, I talking about dreams, I did have a dream, and I woke up and I thought, that's, like, the main, like, kicker point <laughs> of the whole arc of the story. And, yeah, so that was fun. Um, but I, I still, I just have that in my head. I've been listening, the first book in the series to be a fake queen came out on audiobook on in January so now in my car I listened to the first one so I'm remembering everything that happened in the first one and yeah and I'm getting I'm writing down ideas every time I'm like oh I forgot that happened oh I forgot that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah research, even though it's really fun for me to listen to. yeah I had to go back and 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 look at it you know an old book I had to go book, look at Wolf Moon in doing this series because I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta tie that in and and what happened here? I that was written what eight, uh, seven years ago, six years ago. So I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> yeah, refresh the memory. Yep, exactly. So I read that and I'm like, oh okay, now we're. <laughs> I'm a fast reader, so if I want to read something, I can usually. You are an unbelievably few. fast reader. Not not as fast as Rebecca. No, Rebecca beats us all. Yes. <laughs> I'm a ridiculously right. slow reader. Have always mm. been a very mm. slow reader. You guys, like, I can't believe how fast you can get through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and with detail, too. Like, I mean, you can skim and read something fast. But no, you guys actually read that fast with detail. Yes, with, with, with constructive feedback. Yeah, that it, it amazes me. It the absolutely amazes me. The scene needs to do this, yes. <laughs> or you didn't hide the body. why we need beta readers yes exactly <laughs> the body has weapons you don't want her to have weapons <laughs> it was a mafia romance oh no <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so well, see at least at least rebecca was paying attention yeah no that was me telling the, oh it was the, you oh it was me telling the author yes oh no <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, good. So, so Again, that's, that's why we need beta readers. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> we are human. We will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's funny, yeah. too, because anytime I, I talk with somebody and, and I mention that I'm an author, then all of a sudden they're worried about what they say or what they type to me. And I'm like, oh, no, 
there's a reason authors need editors because we <laughs> screwed up. Yes. <laughs> Believe yeah. me, even even though I do editing, I still screw it up unless I'm in editing mode. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, my 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 first drafts are a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, they're a little bit more meaty than they used. You know, actually, they're thinner now than they used to be because of you. Oh no, you didn't adapt <laughs> my style, did you? <laughs> but to get the story out. And then, you know, then I know I have to layer it at least two or three times to go through it and add and, and fix and whatever. But yeah, yes, I have adopted that a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's okay. The stories get done faster. <laughs> okay. And I'll take credit. Because I'm not self-editing as I go. <laughs> it's hard to turn that editor off, though. Oh, oh yeah. She's a bitch. <laughs> Actually, it's not even the editor. It's the critic. The yes. editor comes later. It's that little <clears throat> voice in your head that goes, why did you put that there? No, no, no. That doesn't work. Cut that. Mm -hmm. That's a horrible word. Rewrite that sentence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, Jesus, is it an hour already? Yeah. I yeah. saw that. I'm like, wow. Okay. I have we, didn't to even get to, we didn't even get to the podcast. Do you have a few minutes? You Ooh. want to talk about your podcast? Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, how inspiring it must be to dual write with an author. I think that's the same thing that my podcast has done for me. I started it last March and I hadn't seen all my author friends in that year and a half. And I miss going to all those cons. I miss seeing my readers and I miss seeing my author friends and feeling low in the bucket of creativity and those things. So when I started doing my podcast, I got to talk to all my friends and I interviewed all my friends first and then branched out to more authors like Jane, which I loved learning about all your books. The name of the podcast is finding the magic. So it's all on all the major channels. And I interview authors about their books, what they're writing and all different genre authors. So I have some romance, mostly fantasy and sci-fi it's turning out to be, but some romance authors have been a lot of fun too. Yeah. Once a week I have um, my face on my face <laughs> my page on facebook is finding the magic book podcast we will make sure to put the notes for that um at the end of the show so all of your links will be in there so anybody watching this later uh can easily find you and anybody who's watching this now give us about 10 minutes after the show's done and we will have the notes updated so you can find that link and any authors that want to be on the podcast i would love to have you guys as well awesome awesome is there a sign-up link from your website that they can click on or? Yeah, that would be a good point for me. <laughs> I just emailed you. <laughs> yeah, just message me on Facebook and I'll, I'll send you a sign-up link. Really, right now, I have interviewed so many people in the past two months. Like, I have enough shows to go all the way through August. Wow. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. I got a lot of people, um, Jane one included, but yours is coming up pretty soon, so it's not too far. But I got a backup, so I sort of start, stopped, like, advertising for authors and waiting mm -hmm. a bit to, like, record some more. Yeah. Looks like you've got an invite to uh, just joshing as well. That yeah, Josh is, a, Josh is a cool guy. Yep. <laughs> I left him speechless, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have that in my little hat. <laughs> there you go. All right, well. 
I think that's uh, that's about all the time we've got for today. And like I said, everybody who's watching now, we will make sure to put the show notes with all the links. Give us about 10 minutes after the show's done. And for those of you who are watching this later, the links will be in the notes below. Um, Trisha, thank you. This has been a thank fun you. show. Thanks for hanging out with us. You guys are super fun. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, good, good. That's what we hope for. <laughs> and Jane... <laughs> Jane, you and me next week. It's going to yep. be our astrology check-in. Our, our viewers said yep. that they did like the show. So we're going to try and bring that back as a, our regular mid-month thing. We'll check in with the stars. Cool. And I've got another astrologer to introduce you guys to. So look forward to that next week, as well as Go Indie Now's announcement that we will show you next week about their upcoming schedule. All right. I think we are good to go, guys. Thanks again for hanging out. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Take care.